This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis Translated by the Reverend William Benham The First Book Admonitions Profitable for the Spiritual Life Chapters 1 to 10 Chapter 1 Of the Imitation of Christ And of Contempt of the World And All Its Vanities He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, saith the Lord. John chapter 8 verse 12 These are the words of Christ, and they teach us how far we must imitate his life and character if we seek true illumination and deliverance from all blindness of heart. Let it be our most earnest study, therefore, to dwell upon the life of Jesus Christ. His teaching surpasseth all teaching of holy men, and such as have his spirit find therein the hidden manner. Revelations chapter 2 verse 17 But there are many who, though they frequently hear the gospel, yet feel but little longing after it, because they have not the mind of Christ. He, therefore, that will fully and with true wisdom understand the words of Christ, let him strive to conform his whole life to that mind of Christ. What doth it profit thee to enter into deep discussion concerning the Holy Trinity, if thou lack humility, and be thus displeasing to the Trinity? For verily it is not deep words that make a man holy and upright, it is a good life which maketh a man dear to God. I had rather feel contrition than be skilful in the definition thereof. If thou knewest the whole Bible, and the sayings of all the philosophers, what should all this profit thee without the love and grace of God? Vanity of vanities, all is vanity, save to love God, and Him only to serve. That is the highest wisdom, to cast the world behind us, and to reach forward to the heavenly kingdom. It is vanity, then, to seek after and to trust in the riches that shall perish. It is vanity, too, to covet honours and to lift up ourselves on high. It is vanity to follow the desires of the flesh and be led by them, for this shall bring misery at the last. It is vanity to desire a long life and to have little care for a good life. It is vanity to take thought only for the life which now is, and not to look forward to the things which shall be hereafter. It is vanity to love that which quickly passeth away, and not to hasten where eternal joy abideth. Be oft times mindful of the saying, The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear with hearing. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 8 Strive therefore to turn away thy heart from the love of the things that are seen, and to set it upon the things that are not seen. For they who follow after their own fleshly lusts defile the conscience and destroy the grace of God. 
Chapter 2 Of Thinking Humbly of Oneself There is naturally in every man a desire to know, but what profiteth knowledge without the fear of God? Better of a surety is a lowly peasant who serveth God than a proud philosopher who watcheth the stars and neglecteth the knowledge of himself. He who knoweth himself well is vile in his own sight. Neither regardeth he the praises of men. If I knew all the things that are in the world, and were not in charity, what should it help me before God, who is to judge me according to my deeds? Rest from inordinate desire of knowledge, for therein is found much distraction and deceit. Those who have knowledge desire to appear learned and to be called wise. Many things there are to know which profiteth little or nothing to the soul. And foolish out of measure is he who attendeth upon other things, rather than those which serve to his soul's health. Many words satisfy not the soul, but a good life refresheth the mind, and a pure conscience giveth great confidence towards God. The greater and more complete thy knowledge, the more severely shalt thou be judged, unless thou hast lived holily. Therefore be not lifted up by any skill or knowledge that thou hast, but rather fear concerning the knowledge which is given to thee. If it seemeth to thee that thou knowest many things, and understandest them well, know also that there are many more things which thou knowest not. Be not high-minded, but rather confess thine ignorance. Why desirest thou to lift thyself above another, when there are found many more learned and more skilled in the Scripture than thou? If thou wilt know and learn anything with profit, love to be thyself unknown, and to be counted for nothing. That is the highest and most profitable lesson when a man truly knoweth and judgeth lowly of himself. To account nothing of oneself, and to think always kindly and highly of others, this is great and perfect wisdom. Even shouldest thou see thy neighbour sin openly or grievously, yet thou oughtest not to reckon thyself better than he, for thou knowest not how long thou shalt keep thine integrity. All of us, are weak and frail, hold thou no man more frail than thyself. Chapter 3 Of the Knowledge of Truth Happy is the man whom truth by itself doth teach, not by figures and transient words, but as it is in itself. Psalm 94, verse 12 Numbers 12, verse 8 our own judgment and feelings often deceive us, and we discern but little of the truth. What doth it profit to argue about hidden and dark things concerning which we shall not be even reproved in the judgment, because we knew them not? O oh, grievous folly, to neglect the things which are profitable and necessary, and to give our minds to things which are curious and hurtful. Having eyes we see not." 
And what have we to do with talk about genus and species? He to whom the eternal word speaketh is free from multiplied questionings. From this one word are all things, and all things speak of him. This is the beginning which also speaketh unto us. John chapter 8 verse 25 no man without him understandeth or rightly judgeth. The man to whom all things are one, who bringeth all things to one, who seeth all things in one, he is able to remain steadfast of spirit and at rest in God. O God, who art the truth, make me one with thee in everlasting love. It wearieth me oftentimes to read and listen to many things, in thee is all that I wish for and desire. Let all the doctors hold their peace, let all creation keep silence before thee. Speak thou alone to me. The more a man hath unity and simplicity in himself, the more things and the deeper things he understandeth, and that without labour, because he receiveth the light of understanding from above. The spirit which is pure, sincere, and steadfast, is not distracted, though it hath many works to do, because it doth all things to the honour of God, and striveth to be free from all thoughts of self-seeking. Who is so full of hindrance and annoyance to thee as thine own undisciplined heart? A man who is good and devout arrangeth beforehand within his own heart the works which he hath to do abroad, and so is not drawn away by the desires of his evil will, but subjecteth everything to the judgment of right reason. Who hath a harder battle to fight than he who striveth for self-mastery? And this should be our endeavour, even to master self, and thus daily to grow stronger than self, and go on unto perfection." All perfection hath some imperfection joined to it in this life, and all our power of sight is not without some darkness. A lowly knowledge of thyself is a surer way to God than the deep searching of man's learning. Not that learning is to be blamed, nor the taking account of anything that is good, but a good conscience and a holy life are better than all and because many seek knowledge rather than good living, therefore they go astray, and bear little or no fruit. Oh, if they would give that diligence to the rooting out of vice, and the planting of virtue which they give unto vain questionings, there had not been so many evil doings and stumbling-blocks among the laity, nor such ill-living among houses of religion. Of a surety, at the day of judgment it will be demanded of us not what we have read, but what we have done, not how well we have spoken, but how holily we have lived. Tell me, where now are all those masters and teachers whom thou knewest well, whilst they were yet with you, and flourished in learning? Their stalls are now filled by others, who perhaps never have one thought concerning them, Whilst they lived, they seemed to be somewhat, but now no one speaks of them. 
Oh, how quickly passeth the glory of the world away! Would that their life and knowledge had agreed together, for then would they have read and inquired unto good purpose. How many perish through empty learning in this world, who care little for serving God, and because they love to be great more than to be humble, therefore they have become vain in their imaginations. He only is truly great who hath great charity. He is truly great who deemeth himself small, and counteth all height of honour as nothing. He is the truly wise man who counteth all earthly things as dung, that he may win Christ. And he is the truly learned man who doeth the will of God, and forsaketh his own will. Chapter 4 of Prudence in Action We must not trust every word of others or feeling within ourselves, but cautiously and patiently try the matter, whether it be of God. Unhappily we are so weak that we find it easier to believe and speak evil of others rather than good. But they that are perfect do not give ready heed to every news-bearer, for they know man's weakness that it is prone to evil and unstable in words. This is great wisdom, not to be hasty in action or stubborn in our own opinions. A part of this wisdom also is not to believe every word we hear, nor to tell others all that we hear, even though we believe it. Take counsel with a man who is wise and of a good conscience, and seek to be instructed by one better than thyself, rather than to follow thine own inventions. A good life maketh a man wise toward God, and giveth him experience in many things. The more humble a man is in himself, and the more obedient towards God, the wiser he will be in all things, and the more shall his soul be at peace. Chapter 5 of the Reading of Holy Scriptures It is truth which we must look for in holy writ, not cunning of words. All scripture ought to be read in the spirit in which it was written. We must rather seek for what is profitable in scripture than for what ministereth to subtlety in discourse. Therefore we ought to read books which are devotional and simple, as well as those which are deep and difficult. And let not the weight of the writer be a stumbling-block to thee, whether he be of little or much learning, but let the love of the pure truth draw thee to read. Ask not who hath said this or that, but look to what he says. Men pass away, but the truth of the Lord endureth for ever. Without respect of persons, God speaketh to us in diverse manners. Our own curiosity often hindereth us in the reading of holy writings, when we seek to understand and discuss, where we should pass simply on. If thou wouldst profit by thy reading, read humbly, simply, honestly, and not desiring to win a character for learning. Ask freely, and hear in silence the words of holy men, nor be displeased at the hard sayings of older men than thou, 
for they are not uttered without cause. Chapter 6 Of Inordinate Affections Whensoever a man desireth aught above measure, immediately he becometh restless. The proud and the avaricious man are never at rest, while the poor and lonely of heart abide in the multitude of peace. The man who is not yet wholly dead to self is soon tempted and is overcome in small and trifling matters. It is hard for him who is weak in spirit, and still in part carnal and inclined to the pleasures of sense, to withdraw himself altogether from earthly desires, and therefore when he withdraweth himself from these he is often sad, and easily angered too if any oppose his will. But if, on the other hand, he yield to his inclination, immediately he is weighed down by the condemnation of his conscience, for that he hath followed his own desire, and yet in no way attained the peace which he hoped for. The true peace of heart is to be found in resisting passion, not in yielding to it. And therefore there is no peace in the heart of a man who is carnal, nor in him who is given up to the things that are without him, but only in him who is fervent towards God and living the life of the Spirit. Chapter 7 Of Fleeing from Vain Hope and Pride Vain is the life of that man who putteth his trust in men, or in any created thing. Be not ashamed to be the servant of others for the love of Jesus Christ, and to be reckoned poor in this life. Rest not upon thyself, but build thy hope in God. Do what lieth in thy power, and God will help thy good intent. Trust not in thy learning, nor in the cleverness of any that lives, but rather trust in the favour of God, who resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Boast not thyself in thy riches, if thou hast them, nor in thy friends, if they be powerful, but in God, who giveth all things, and in addition to all things desireth to give even himself. Be not lifted up because of thy strength or beauty of body, for with only a slight sickness it will fail and wither away. Be not vain of thy skilfulness or ability, lest thou displease God, from whom cometh every good gift which we have. Count not thyself better than others, lest perchance thou appear worse in the sight of God, who knoweth what is in man. Be not proud of thy good works, for God's judgments are of another sort than the judgments of man, and what pleaseth man is oft-times displeasing to him. If thou hast any good, believe that others have more, and so thou mayest preserve thy humility. It is no harm to thee if thou place thyself below all others, but it is great harm if thou place thyself above even one. Peace is ever with the humble man, but in the heart of the proud there is envy and continual wrath. 
Chapter 8 of The Danger of Too Much Familiarity Open not thine heart to every man, but deal with one who is wise and feareth God. Be seldom with the young and with strangers. Be not a flatterer of the rich, nor willingly seek the society of the great. Let thy company be the humble and the simple, the devout and the gentle, and let thy discourse be concerning things which edify. Be not familiar with any woman, but commend all good women alike unto God. Choose for thy companions God and his angels only, and flee from the notice of men. We must love all men, but not make close companions of all. It sometimes falleth out that one who is unknown to us is highly regarded through good report of him, whose actual person is nevertheless unpleasing to those who behold it. We sometimes think to please others by our intimacy, and forthwith displease them the more by the faultiness of character which they perceive in us. Chapter 9 Of Obedience and Subjection It is verily a great thing to live in obedience, to be under authority, and not to be at our own disposal. Far safer is it to live in subjection than in a place of authority. Many are in obedience from necessity rather than from love. These take it amiss, and repine for small cause. Nor will they gain freedom of spirit, unless with all their heart they submit themselves for the love of God. Though thou run hither and thither, thou wilt not find peace, save in humble subjection to the authority of him who is set over thee. Fancies about places and change of them have deceived many. True it is that every man willingly followeth his own bent, and is the more inclined to those who agree with him. But if Christ is amongst us, then it is necessary that we sometimes yield up our own opinion for the sake of peace. Who is so wise as to have perfect knowledge of all things? Therefore trust not too much to thine own opinion, but be ready also to hear the opinions of others. Though thine own opinion be good, yet if for the love of God thou foregoest it, and followest that of another, thou shalt the more profit thereby. Oft-times I have heard that it is safer to hearken and to receive counsel than to give it. It may also come to pass that each opinion may be good, but to refuse to hearken to others when reason or occasion requireth it, is a mark of pride or willfulness. Chapter 10 Of the Danger of Superfluity of Words Avoid as far as thou canst the tumult of men, for talk concerning worldly things, though it be innocently undertaken, is a hindrance, so quickly are we led captive and defiled by vanity. Many a time I wish that I had held my peace, and had not gone amongst men. But why do we talk and gossip so continually? 
seeing that we so rarely resume our silence without some hurt done to our conscience. We like talking so much because we hope by our conversations to gain some mutual comfort, and because we seek to refresh our wearied spirits by a variety of thoughts, and we very willingly talk and think of those things which we love or desire, or else of those which we most dislike. But alas, it is often to no purpose and in vain, for this outward consolation is no small hindrance to the inner comfort which cometh from God. Therefore must we watch and pray that time pass not idly away. If it be right and desirable for thee to speak, speak things which are to edification. Evil custom and neglect of our real profit tend much to make us heedless of watching over our lips. Nevertheless, devout conversation on spiritual things helpeth not a little to spiritual progress, most of all where those of kindred mind and spirit find their ground of fellowship in God. End of chapter 10